My loves, I don't know if you're like me or many of my friends or the, a lot of the people that I know, but listen, do you have a cabinet in your kitchen that's packed with supplements and all these amazing things? They're all there to support your overall health, to boost your gut, to boost your vitality, but you ended up being like too overwhelmed to even like look at it and create a routine with them that you're like just ended up skipping taking your supplements i've been there too honey and this is why i want to take a moment to share an incredible discovery with you my darling it's called ag1 and let me tell you it's been a game changer for me and how i noticed that it was a big game changer for me was when me and my dad were do we were doing that grief walk from uh, friends through Spain. And I got to tell you, the food was delicious, but it wasn't the best for my gut. But how I kept the gut going, how I kept boosting my vitality throughout the walk was every morning I would put a pack, a packet of the AG1 into a water bottle and I would shake it up and I would drink it. Even my dad, who's always like, here, dad, here, this is good for you. He's like, no, thanks. And granted, you know, the homie's got, you know, he's doing really well um, health-wise. And, but he's always like, nope. But with this, with AG1, he was like, okay, give me some. And he would take it. And it's, there is, it's, it's amazing when you take something, uh, you know, with routine and you start to see the results. It's like, okay, fine. I found my thing. Especially because it's just one serving that has the most straightforward way and simplest way for you to get your vitamins and your nutrients and your minerals and your prebiotics and probiotics. And honestly, why take a bunch of different things when you can just get um, all of it in, in one scoop of this delicious magic AG1 powder? into a glass of water or into the beautiful uh, water bottle that you get. This is how I start my days, honey. And honestly, if you're a traveler, they also uh, will send you, you could also get the AG1 travel packs and they're amazing. And, and every time I have a friend that comes over to the house, I'm always like, here, take a couple of these and try it out for yourself, you know? And I want to share an amazing, exclusive, delicious offer with you today. If you want to take ownership of your health, then try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com backslash sa. So that's drinkag1number1.com backslash sa. Um, you got that. And if you don't go to the show notes, it's there. And cheers to your health and your vitality. Hey, my love, listen real quick. I hope you're enjoying the podcast as much as we love creating it for you. And if you find value in what we're doing and you want to show some appreciation, we have two simple ways for you to contribute. The first one is by buying us a coffee. It's a one-time donation that goes a long way in helping us cover production costs, equipment upgrades, and other podcast-related expenses. Every cup of coffee makes a significant impact in our ability to keep delivering the quality content that you love. The second option is for you to become a monthly supporter by buying us a coffee on a reoccurring basis. By setting up a monthly donation, you become an integral part of our podcast sustainability. And we get to continue to create the content you love with confidence, knowing that we have a reliable source of funding 
coming in. And we love you for that. Listen, head over to the show notes and click the link there or go to buymeacoffee.com backslash spiritually sassy show. Again, that's buymeacoffee.com backslash spiritually sassy show. And I just want to say thank you so much to all of you who have already been buying us a coffee. We love you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Your generosity is so wonderful. And we're incredibly grateful for your support. What's up, my loves, and welcome back to the Spiritually Sassy Show, where we are redefining what it means to be spiritual in the modern world. I'm your host, Sade Simone. I'm a mystic, an artist, transformational speaker, author, and the creator of the Somatic Activated Healing Method. And guess what? We just launched the Somatic Activated Healing Method membership, honey, so you can practice with me and a bunch of certified teachers every single day of the week. If you're looking for a new approach to healing, if you want to dance your way into your healing, if you want to move and shake and scream and chant and breathe and meditate in an entire new way to the path of liberation, to the path of healing, then check out the membership. You will be surprised, honey, how amazing and fun healing can be. Listen, I am so excited and grateful that you're here, so thank you for being here. And if you love the show, please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe, and stay in touch with me on Instagram and on TikTok at Sadi Simone, S-A-H-D-S-I-M-O-N-E, or if you want to dive a little deeper, honey, go check out my website, sadisimone.com, S-A-H-D-S-I-M-O-N-E.com, and Enough about me, enough about the fun things I'm creating. Let's talk about today's guest because, oh my goodness, honey. So today's guest is Shia, Shia Dunny. Wow. I have known of her work through social media for a long time. And when I told my sister and when I showed my team her work, everyone was like, oh my God, please let's have her on immediately. She is just a true artist, a true mystical creature who's uses art and, and art in all the sense of the word to become free. Creativity is her life raft. I love it. I love it so much. She's based out of Montreal. She's a Mexican born singer, comedian, comedian, comedian. Why does it sound so word? Comedian. An artist who has created a unique space with 5.1 million followers on TikTok and 3.3 million monthly Instagram visitors. Shia Dani is a professional singer, producer of her own music, and was recently featured in a Billboard magazine spread, as well as interviewed for Vogue Mexico. She has recently released self-produced new single, Latin Renaissance. I am so excited. By the way, her music to me is very much like Bjork. Get into the episode right now. Love you. Okay, this is like a dream come true for me. This is like a fangirl moment for me on behalf of my family and on behalf of all people who, you know, wish they could talk to you like this. We have Shia on the podcast with us today. Like, wow, your content, your music, 
they've like deeply touched me and inspired me and made me laugh and made me question what I'm doing, made me question life. And you have such a beautiful philosophical existential approach to your art. And I love the high drama and I love the aesthetic. You like make spirituality palpable and tangible and of course, of course, naturally fashionable. So welcome to the show, my love. I mean, oh my goodness, what an introduction. Thank you so, so much. I am so happy to be here. So thank you for giving me the space. Yeah, thank you. So let's talk about um, your new self-produced single, Latin Renaissance. What was your inspiration behind it? Latin Renaissance, hmm, it's always, for me, it's always complex or a little complicated to talk about the songs because I really... It's not my strong suit. I feel like I'm more into the creation and just to put it out there because sometimes I don't even, <laughs> I don't even know. But I feel with Latin Renaissance, I, well, most of my songs, they're deep confessions. They're created with an introspective lens and just trying to find parts of me that I don't really understand or that I don't even know yet or, you know, all of the stuff that you're afraid to look at or that you're embarrassed and afraid to talk about and all that stuff. And I, I carry a lot of mm, childhood trauma. I feel like a lot of my spiritual journey has been um, looking at my younger self and taking care of her, listening to her. Um, and I feel that you can see that in most of my music. I am always talking to myself. Um, I was a, a very expressive, sensitive kid, and I, I needed a lot of attention growing up, and I didn't really have that. So, And for a creative person, that's, that's, like, <laughs> that's all you want, right, is to be, to be heard, to be seen, to be supported. Support, supported. Mm-hmm. Um, so with Latin Renaissance, I wanted to, I think I wanted to capture um, that feeling in a very lunatic way of expression, which I was imagining myself stuck in a loop, um, accomplishing that fantasy of actually being seen. And I was um, imagining a whole visual for it, a whole picture, because that's something that I do with my music. When I make a song, I just imagine a whole movie for it. I just cannot help it. They all go together. And so I was really, really excited for this one because it's something that I... I never really talked about before. Um, I'm very confident in a way, but there's also confidence in accepting your weakness and looking at the stuff where you're, that takes a lot of courage. And there was a part of me where I, I never wanted to accept um, that I want to be seen. Um, I always thought, no, I don't care. I just do it for myself. I just blah, blah, blah. No, no, no. I don't need the world. I don't need blah, blah, blah. But deep down, um, there was a part of me that was craving a lot, a lot of love and attention since I was a little girl. And I think that's how that song was created, which, by the way, I don't, I didn't understand that until everything was done, until the, the idea for the video started to be created and all of that. Um, I, I saw that once it was done and I was like, oh my God, and so this part of this part that's inside of me is speaking naturally. And I think that's the most beautiful thing because sometimes there's parts inside of you that 
that they just have to come naturally. They just have to come alone. There's no way. You can't even find them sometimes. If you are going to write or create something, it's it's rare uh, that something turns out to be wonderful when you think about it. So um, mm-hmm. most of my mm-hmm. songs are created by intuition. And that's, I feel, yeah, you can see them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love everything you said. There's so much to unpack here, too. Um, if you, the listener, are not you're not familiar with uh, Shia's music, to me, it sounds very sort of like Bjork energy. It has this like, it feels like it's made in a in a fairy land. It feels like it's made in a gnome cave. It feels like it's from, it's otherworldly. That's how it feels. And you also have this otherworldly look to yourself too. So oh it's kind God. of just like, it, it's a compliment. <laughs> These are all compliments, you know? So it's, it's a very interesting thing to see you having this like otherworldly look and your art being very otherworldly and, and bringing Bjork into the mix. Um, I feel like it's, it's it's like you are in that realm of creators that you, when we watch you live, you invite us into a whole aspect of ourselves that we're so afraid to tap into. I have friends who have watched your content and sent me your content, your art, your performance art, and said, I want to do stuff like this. I want to create stuff like this. I want to express myself like that. Why do I keep holding myself back? And then they go and they buy the big hat and they go and they buy the big things and they go and express themselves in this way. And there's all the fear. There's all the fear, but you have broken that I mean, I don't know, perhaps you, the fear of sewer rises and you do it anyways, but what you are showing us, this scandalous, dramatic, high fashion aspect of your, of your psyche, of your heart, of your soul, um, it's inviting us to, to create more and be bolder and to not take life for granted. I feel like every time I watch your content, it's like, bitch, go fucking live, go fucking do the thing. Like, don't stop. You know, yes, it's chaotic. Yes, it's a turmoil. Yes, being human is painful. Yes, it's it's hard to put yourself out there. Yes, it's vulnerable, but do it any fucking way. So I just wanted to reflect that to you. And one thing you said that you just kind of like brushed by, you said, my music is a confession. My art is a confession. Can we speak about that? Because you're Mexican, I'm Brazilian, and maybe we're speaking about the same context of confession Mm. in the sort of Catholic realm Mm. where confession feels like scary uh, and it feels like we would do it with a priest in sort of a dark little nook. And it's kind of like, I don't want to go to that dark little nook with that person. It feels creepy and like, I'm not doing that. But is the confession to God, is the confession to the unseen world, who are you confessing to? Because, you know, I grew up Catholic, but then in 2014, I became a Buddhist when I was living in India and in Nepal. And so I sort of renounced all of that. But in every major world mystical tradition, the practice of confession is there. In Buddhism, same shit. You got to confess your, your harmful actions. You don't do it necessarily to another person per se, you do it to the, these unseen beings. We call them deities. We call them, um, mm. you know, these, uh, these enlightened beings who don't necessarily reside in this realm where you and I are talking at right now, but they're here. We can feel them and we can sense them, but we oftentimes can't see with the eyes on our face. So the confession practice, the purification of confession in this, the Buddhist lineage that I practice in happens between you and you. 
And that you and you then opens the door for you and you and this unseen realm where saying that you have messed up, saying that you have committed, done things that you don't like and you're not proud of, releases the burden. And I think people could also think about confession as like confessing to their journal or their therapist, but Mm -hmm. speak to us about what it means to you. Like, what are you confessing and not our, what are you confessing, but who are you confessing it to? That's the question. Yeah. Now that you mentioned that at the end, I was going to actually say that, that I think I'm always confessing to myself because I, I don't think I'm ever creating something for the listener. I'm always trying to understand myself more and explore myself more and analyze why am I feeling this way? Who's blame, like who to blame, right? I'm angry most of the time because I have so much pain and I'm so lucky that I have art as an escape. I, this is something that I truly, truly, I'm so grateful for life because since um, I was very young, I just, music was there for me all the time. Art was there for me. Um, comedy was there for me. Since I was very young, I was just, I was the clown of my family. I was the entertainer because I was addicted to, to just having that peace in the environment, having that distraction in, in my household and also within myself. I just wanted to escape. So for me... I was just always in survival mode. I feel like I just started living a couple of years ago. And so I never looked inside throughout my life. I was always looking outside and helping everyone else but me, listening to everyone else, bringing peace, all of that. So I feel I never, ever listened to my own feelings until recently. I thought I did. I thought I was a bad bitch and I thought I was confident and I was going for the world, eating the world, all of that. But I realized not at all. (laughs) It's really, really takes. And I thought I was weak for that. Also, I thought, oh, my God, you know, I am so small because I thought I was this and I'm not. But actually, that was growth. And that's important to understand as well, that that look inside that's courage, that's bravery. And it's, it's, it's all connected. The dots are always connected. It's just so much to unpack. We could be here for hours, but overall, the conf- that confession is always to myself because ultimately mm-hmm. that's my goal. It's, it's to grow and to, hmm, I don't even know. I wouldn't dare to say what is the goal, but mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just go with it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like what you said, like, it's always to confess to myself. I think I think that the way I would metabolize that in my world and my system, it's like, you are making friends with yourself, you are integrating parts of yourself that you're perhaps through trauma and through heartbreak, you had to put away and reject and neglect. And you and through this practice of creativity and art and comedy, and music, you are confessing in a sense where you're integrating these aspects of yourself. Because I think that's what art does for me too. My my performance art, my way, and it always is a confession uh, to the world of where 
what I've gone through and what I've been able to do with my pain, like how the pain has metabolized in my system, what I've learned from it, and then showing the world like, hey, this is what I've learned through this. And oftentimes I don't put stuff out there that I haven't yet truly digested. It's, it's not like I'm eating a hot meal and I'm like live talking about the thing, the hot meal. It's like I eat the hot meal. I have a nice digestive tea. I mm. sleep on it, you know, and then the next morning after I've gone to my bathroom and done my whole thing, I'm metaphorically speaking here, right? And then everything has been digested. Then I'm like, okay, here's what I've learned from that hot meal, you know, from that hot mass of an experience. And you were saying something about like using comedy through as a, as a, as escape and as a, as a point of like contact um, with, with art. And I'm translating this in my own language, using art as a way to deal with the heartbreak of growing up in a difficult household. Would you mind sharing what was happening? Was it, it was alcoholic parents? Was it like, you know, go wherever you want. Just so you know, (laughs) in the show, we are all for it. it the more we humanize the difficulty of being human, uh, the better it is. Mm. Um, we don't really want to go like a, in detail, but I, th- I feel um, it was in general a very controlling house, um, emotionally controlling house, emotional controlling house, um, etc. But um, me being um, the free-spirited girl that I was since day one, it was slowly killing my soul. It, it was just the worst combo. I think I feel it was the extremes of both things. And yeah, it was just, it was, I grew up in a controlling house where I was misunderstood a lot. So... Yeah, I mean, I never realized that comedy for me, being a young, young girl, probably seven, eight years old, I I thought I was being funny because I had that skill. But truly, I was depressed since since a very young age. And so comedy for me was that release of emotion. It was it was I was doing I was doing dark humor since a very young age, which is. It's just ridiculous <laughs> and hilarious at the same time. Um, and I think I never stopped. I feel um, I feel actually that's the comedy I enjoy now as an adult um, because I feel true comedy will always come from a place of pain. Um, and that is comedy is survival. And the greatest comics have said this as well. Um, for example, Jim Carrey now, who is just saying everything from his soul now. And I just, I'd never felt more, you know, related to, to his words. I, every time someone, a comic speaks why they do what they do, I feel so connected to it because it is just so true. It's just a form of survival. And that was there for me since day one. And I didn't know until I was a grown adult. I, honestly, it was probably three years ago that I was like, I I don't want to be funny anymore. I just can't help it. That's the way I am. It's my personality. It's my character. I go out, I'm the clown. I can't help it. But I wanted to, to meet Shia 
without the performance. I, I was like, I am so tired to be a sad clown. I just want to be me and I, I want to know myself without everything. And it's been a process of, of doing that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. also, um, an important thing for me to understand is that I am still me. It's not a show that I put, it's not a mask. I have never lived that way. I'm, I'm always being authentically myself since day one. Um, but it's important to, um, to understand the, the shapes and faces of yourself, um, the reasons of everything about you. That's, I feel like, um, yeah, something that music has helped me a lot to discover. Uh, because one thing is you do the work, the actual work, and you go to therapy and you grow as a human. You're a better human being in your relationships and all of that. But there's also this other part that no therapy could bring to you, which is the inside work. And creativity is there for you. Um, art is there for you. And I feel the joy um, is there for you in the joy is different for everyone, absolutely everyone. There's a version of of um, instant comfort for everyone, and I feel that's where you do the actual work. Mm-hmm. Mm. Wow, there's so much to unpack here. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm like, I'm always like an abstract <coughs> painting in interviews, and I don't like that about myself. But I feel like I love that about me. you. <laughs> I love that about you. I'm tracking. I'm tracking everything, and I'm just like, wow. Which direction do we even take this? Like, one thing that has that is um, kind of like evident to me to unpack is like comedy as a means of survival. Mm-hmm. I love that so much because, you know, in my own life too, I've always been funny. And I think some people see humor through pain as spiritual bypassing, but I think it's the other way. I think people who can find humor in through pain, not in the pain, but within the pain, Mm -hmm. in the context of pain, with the pain, are people who are choosing to be optimistic, are choosing Mm, to be hopeful, are choosing to to actually like recognize that even in the darkest of the thunderstorms, even in the darkest of the darkness, the sun is always shining. We just can't see it sometimes. And I think the, I think comedy and the comics are always in recognition that the sun is always there, Mm. no matter how dark things are. And, and people have said that like, <clears throat> and this is this varies too. I think I think it's not like a general statement. I don't, I don't want to use that as a blanket statement. I'm speaking to what you said, and in my own life, how I've used humor um, as always uh, a means of of staying hopeful, of staying connected to to this to the choice to continue to live, even when it feels excruciating. I think comedy and art and creativity have historically been for me a life raft you know when i'm like you know swimming and i'm like drowning in my shit and drowning in my pain and my sorrow and my grief and my heartbreak Mm -hmm. and i get a, a moment of inspiration a moment of clarity and i'm able to create a piece of a short little video of performance art that i am speaking to speaking through with 
for my pain in a way that is humorous, that is me making a choice to keep living. That is me making a choice to keep going. And the, the impact that he has for the viewer is magical. I mean, look the the massive community that you've built speaking about it. And I've, in my own right, in, in my own ways as well, with the same thing. It's like the choice to create in with, when the pain strikes. And it's not that I'm like, you know, in, my mom died in December and I was like five minutes later creating. No, mm-hmm. it took me months to like pick up my, my phone and start to creating a, to create again. But the stuff that's been coming out of that pain, the things that I'm like teaching from, the ways I'm educating, like yesterday I was in, in New York, I was speaking at Columbia University and as a college dropout, that's like insane that I, I'm like being asked to speak at an Ivy League school. And the, the topic was about being with discomfort mm. and, and, and experiencing life through paradox. So pain and joy could exist at the same time. Like mm. misery and inspiration can exist at the same time. Yes. And I was speaking from such a place of, of depth and humor that the the room was like moving with me, like we were a bunch, we were a, you know a, like a, a water, like we we're water together, or a bunch of snakes like dancing together. It was like surreal. And the director of the program came after and said, "Wow, like we want to have you back because this experience really was was what was needed. It was getting people out of their little overthinking, overanalyzing, and and trying to like think their way or talk their way through their pain. Instead, it was like." embodying the pain and through the embodiment of the pain creativity happens and beauty happens and i think that's your work and that's so Mm -hmm. much of my work too um you said something about facing mirror facing the mirror creating your ep facing the mirror which was a spiritual awakening that you found answers within yourself Mm -hmm. can you speak to that um yeah, that was my first my first um, EP that I released, uh, self produced EP. Um, I love started. how you do everything by yourself. I love <laughs> and I love that we're recording this in the famous room that we see the with idiot. the harp. <laughs> <laughs> I was just gonna say that that title um, it is both a metaphor and it's also liter- a literal literal title because this is the the mirror in the in the studio and. I'm here all the time, and I something about my songs is I like to um, play the music and just look at myself in the mirror because I like to imagine the video clips because I like to you know I like to look at my hands and think what I would do and what am I gonna use. So I was staring a lot to the mirror, and I thought, oh, it's it's kind of interesting how all of these songs there's not really a concept thought. I didn't have a plan, but I realized they were all. Uh, confessions to myself and they were all introspective stories and so I thought this this is like I'm facing my mirror right now so I thought I'm gonna I'm gonna give it that name um and yeah I'm so proud of that album um I can't listen to it anymore though because I'm, I just I personally think it's trash but it's not <laughs> for the listener please go listen to it go stream um but I just since I just I can't help it but to think about every single thing that I would do differently just because my process is just so fast. I do everything so fast. Um, I, I'm not the, the type of musician that just um, 
analyzes and listens to it a million times and thinks about, I'm going to change this. I'm going to write this lyric again, or I'm going to, no, I just, I just let it out. Like I'm just actually confessing something that I feel. And I just record the song. I let it be. And I break every music theory rule. I just don't care. Um, I've had a lot of people in my life, um, in music where they were always telling me what not to do. Um, and one of those many things it's, Oh, that note doesn't go with this note or, Oh, what, what is this line? What does that, what does that even mean? I'm like, I, I don't even, I don't care if it's not, um, uh, a literal understanding to the listener, right? It's just, it's, it's a feeling and that's okay. But they would tell me, no, you have to, no, you have to guide people. Blah, blah, blah. There was just so much stuff in my career um, regarding to the music that I was just like, I can't anymore be in these chains. It's just like this. And I think it's, this is a universal thing for women in, in the industry, in music, where they're guided by men. They're, you know, they're, they're, we have been told what to do, what not to do. And it's just so exhausting. Oh my God. I was just so exhausted at one point. I remember, um, all of this in Mexico, by the way. And I, I said, you know what? I, I just, which we're just, uh, going through another direction right now, but I'm just trying to explain the importance of this album, which was really, um, me leading my own career and my own sound and music and direction where I wanted to go. Um, I always wanted to do something alternative, something magical, like the type of music I listen to. But, um, growing up, I never thought that would be an option for me because we haven't seen really, a, a Latin artist that is just, um, popular in this realm of music and I just thought maybe it's not for me right maybe I don't know there's just a million things that I just filled myself with fear and I always did what everyone told me to or just uh, you know guided me um and I did a lot of rock pop growing up because I also that was uh, the music I also loved at the beginning I was listening to a lot a lot of music but when I was a teenager I was a lot into rock um, so even doing rock there, it was like, yeah, that's not going to work. You should do reggaeton. You should do whatever it is, right? It, it's been like always uh, a different phase of that's a bad idea. And still I did it anyways, but still fighting. And until one point I was like, I'm exhausted, exhausted to fight. I'm just going to do it myself. And I don't care the outcome. Um, so Facing the Mirror was that first project. And even... Um, being a, a beginner in production and not knowing what to do and just pressing all the buttons. I didn't care. Um, I had a good friend of mine who helped me with the mixing and the mastering, but that was it. Um, everything, every sound, it was just me and with luck of the Dark Lords because uh, it truly, that's what it was. Sometimes I was surprising myself and I was like, there's no way. Like, I don't know how to repeat the songs like Velvet World or like the public's favorite songs i'm like yeah i like them too but i honestly if someone would tell me can you produce that again i just can't because i truly believe it was like the universe gave me a break for the first time and it was like it's gonna come out exactly how you dream right now um in your capabilities 
My loves, I don't want to take too much time away from the episode, so just a quick break to give you some delicious information and something that's really exciting me. Listen, we have launched the Somatic Activated Healing Membership and the benefits that the members are sharing with us is so delicious. They're saying it's reduced depression and anxiety, reduced physical pain and sluggishness, increased a sense of resilience, increased joy and inspiration. Hey. We love that. Improved physical health and energy levels. Improved mental health and clarity. And it's deepened their connection to authenticity and self-expression. So all this a dream come true because I've always wanted to be able to have a sacred school. Meet temple. Meets dance floor. So all of this coming together, that's what the Somatic Activated Healing Membership is all about. It's helping us take responsibility for what we're carrying and time to say goodbye to the emotional baggage and time to say hello, open heart. Because, you know, the body keeps the score, as we've heard this. The body holds the imprints of our past experiences. And unless you have the tools and the time to process your painful experiences as they happen, it leaves an emotional residue alive in your body, which then turns your body into inflammation, then turns your mind into chaos, therefore closes your heart. Listen, and I've gone through this experience of carrying emotional baggage, a massive heavy load for so much of my life that it was like making my body, I mean, the symptoms were wild, chest pains, cystic acne, gut issues, depression, anxiety, addiction, suicidal ideation, you name it. All of these things were symptoms of unprocessed emotional baggage. So in the Somatic Activated Healing Membership, you have access to a multitude of practices, including the ultimate mind body spiritual workout which is what you're seeing me in the doing that that looks like a, a a sort of a regular dance practice but there's an entire mathematical process happening behind which i can't wait for you to experience it for yourself in the membership you also have access to um, guided meditations master classes spiritual talks courses and live dharma workshops with me once a month Maybe I forgot to say this, but there is somatic activated healing method practices every single day live with teachers from all over the world, honey. And these are epic teachers who I have certified myself, so I fully trust them to deliver this message, to deliver this method. What we also have in the membership is a community page where you get to engage with other members. And we also have weekly inspirational prompts to get you going. So with the whole thing, this entire, you know, uh, uh, dance floor meets temple meets sacred school, the combination of all this together will give you the support to have a robust and foundational spiritual practice that, will, that could literally radically change your life. And you've heard the members, what they're saying, that it's working. So take it from what they're saying, honey. In any case, I love you very much. I hope you keep enjoying the podcast and... We're giving you a seven-day free trial to the membership. So get in there. The link is in the show notes. And um, I hope I get to see you on the dance floor. Big love to you. Peace. The universe gave me a break for the first time. And I was like, it's going to come out exactly how you dream right now um, in your capabilities. And I felt truly it's not, I don't want to sound like, 
yeah, I talked to God because it's not like that, but I truly felt like something divine was with me. You know, I've, I've always been a very lonely girl and a very lonely person. So I felt, I felt um, with a lot of companionship this time through this process, I felt seen, I, feel, I felt watched, I felt paranoid because of this. And I felt like my message also was going to be bigger than than my story. I I wanted to to um, send a message that you know this this is a possibility to follow your dreams is a possibility to do it with fear. I did everything with fear. Fear is still eating me alive every day. But but I trust my process, and you know it's going to pay off. It's it's going to pay off, and. Also, I have always been reminding me um, the importance of everything, the, the point, right? Which, or the goal, or the idea of success for me has changed with time. And um, it's important to remember why you're doing everything, um, which for me has always been the passion for music, the love for music, the love for it that I have. I feel that's always gonna, what's going to keep reminding me no you're fine you're fine and you're gonna be fine because you love it and and it's okay um and this is this is what i wanted to what i try uh, to tell my public like to remind everyone is is focus on that because otherwise we're gonna go crazy we're gonna go insane because we're chasing something and I, i'm actually working on a song right now and i i'm gonna which this is this is a little crazy but i feel like i want to tell you this because I wrote this line. Oh my God, please. This is exactly the things I look for. <laughs> these moments, exactly. This is, this is interesting because I, I just wrote... Um, oh, I forgot what I'm chasing for, running from, praying for. Who am I out of the fight? Who am I out of the fight? I forgot I've been chasing something for so long that I forgot what I was chasing in the first place, right? It, it can, I don't, I don't know, I feel like I even, because I say and I repeat to myself that I love music, right? And this, that this is the reason why I do it. But sometimes I don't even remember my idols anymore or I don't remember my favorite songs anymore. And it's like, I don't remember what I used to listen to. I don't listen to music anymore because I'm in this space of creating all the time. And it's just like, I don't know. It can be, I feel like I'm in a big blackout. <laughs> My whole adulthood has been just a blackout. And, um, but I, at the same time, not being consumed by it, meaning like I am braiding it in a weird way. I am braiding so many feelings. And I, I really like that line because, um, I don't remember. Uh, oh yeah, I forgot who I'm running from, who I'm praying, who I'm praying to, who am I praying to? Like, what do I believe in? Is there a God? Oh, and then I said, <laughs> then I said, um, oh, this. Listen to this, because all I want. Okay, hear me. Will the crowds be gentle with my soul? I'll become a part of nature on its own. Um, maybe then I will be free. I'll fly above. After all, um, all I wanted was to be lighter in this world. It's, I don't know. It's, 
it's it's just there's no words to try to analyze that in my head it's just it's it's not the need to die really because we don't I don't really want to die right this I think I do but I truly I just want to feel lighter in this world and um I feel that that's my curse being a creative person I feel I've been reading a book well no I read a book um called the big magic big magic I think it's a big magic where it says that it's just a lie, the torture of the artist, which it's just this concept that we thought we needed to be tortured to be good. But I feel like for some of us, it is a reality. We're just tortured by nature. And it's not like we want to be cool. It's not like we just needed to create good songs. No, I feel like it's a reality for a lot of people. And there's no escape. There's no escape. And sometimes the only escape is, is to truly talk about it and to create, you, we have to talk about it. And um, there's no, I've never understood why we have this feeling of truly want, not wanting to be alive anymore. And at the same time, in a, in, a, in a weird way, I feel like we are the ones who feel the most, who, who just are alive the most, because we dare to see all of this inside of us and within us. It's just a weird contrast about us. Um, but I forgot what we were talking about. Sorry. <laughs> I love that so much. No, don't be sorry at all. Like, thanks for reading from your journal. And I love what you said about like the creative, the creative soul, the sensitive soul is, it's not that they perhaps really want to die and to unalive themselves. It's just, it's the awareness that there's a part of us that wants a part of us is constantly dying. Mm -hmm. There's people who can actually make poetry about it, write music about it, make art about it, uh, perform about it, or people who can just suppress that. And that suppressing that part of you that wants to die, at some point it's going to bubble up. And then you're really going to think that your entire self wants to die. Mm -hmm. I say this often to students. It's like when suicidal ideation strikes at your door, it's not that your entire self wants to die. Is that a part of you wants to die. It's an old belief system that wants to die. It's an old identity. It's an old habit. It's a, it's just a part of you. It's not the entire self. We're made up of multiple parts, you know, and there's a part that is like ready to be put down into this, you know, in this beautiful, uh, field of flowers and become compost for a next flower. And we resist the change. We resist that we are changing. We resist that nature is always changing. And I think the artist, the creative soul is very aware of the changing nature of reality. And when we are in tune with the changing nature of reality, there's grief, there's constant sadness because we are never going to have this moment in the same way again. You're never going to have that moment of strike of inspiration where you're opening your journal to read to me in that same moment where I got to see if, you know, you guys are listening to this, but I'm watching her live and I see the, the light in your eyes that you're inspired to share with me uh, words from your journal, something you just wrote. Like there is sadness in the fact that that will never happen again, you know, and that I'm the one who witnessed it, you know? So in the sadness of like walking down the street and smiling at a stranger or saying good morning to someone or someone saying good morning to you when you were on the verge of tears. And then that good morning cracked you open. So as you pass that stranger, you are sobbing and it will never happen again in the same way. Like all life is made up of, of a losing game. 
And it's really beautiful and poetic to be able to be aware of that mm, deep grief that's, that's always weaved in everything. And I think that's what you're speaking about. It's the, it's the, 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 the deep lucid. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a view of sobriety. That's how I call it. Cause you can see the multiple layers of, of reality all at once. And, and I think I, I have to disagree that with disagree and agree with you, agree with you as you disagree with what, with the, the statement that great art doesn't have to come from torture. I think that's what you're saying. And I disagree with that because I think that in my own life and in my own study of life, I have seen the most profoundly gorgeous things all coming from horrific experiences, traumatic experiences, deep pain, deep sadness. You know, that's not to say that it's only that, but I think the most beautiful things that human beings have created are signposts mm -hmm. of, I have gone through this and I made it to the other side. There is beauty in the chaos. There is inspiration as I am in a season of misery, you know, and so I just wanted to share that the way I, I metabolized and digested what you shared is that it's like, it is a curse to be hypersensitive, but it's also a profound blessing because you are awake to reality in a whole nother way that a lot of people are not, you know? So, so thank you for that, honey, because we get to, we get to experience on the other side, you know, the beauty of, of yours, the, we get to see beauty in your pain, you know, which is so twisted to say. Mm, that's beautiful. Yeah, I feel facing the mirror truly was um, my first dive into this is the real me. Um, so I'm, I'm happy that I dared to do that and that I was not scared um, to release a project that, you know, it was my, my debut in English. So um, I could have, you know, just make sure that whatever have the fear of before and, oh, maybe I have to uh, show it to producers so they, I don't know, tell me that this sound, definitely they're going to make it better or whatever it is. And I just, bloop, I put it out there and I am so lucky, so grateful that it was received with open arms and that people actually felt connected to it. And I think I now I kind of like that it's imperfect and that it's raw and that it's like, here it is. Um, and it gave me the confidence to, to keep do doing that in a more refined way. So I'm, I'm so, so proud of that, that I took that role. Mm -hmm. And thank you for saying that because, you know, I think a lot of people with the, with the toxic capitalistic view of unless it's this specific mm -hmm. way, you're not yeah. going to make it and it's not going to be okay and it's not going to be approved and it has to be this way or no way. And people just have this like paralysis and don't create and, Creativity is one of the most spiritual practices I have ever, 100%. I can ever say. And it's like, if you're in a struggle bus right now, go create something, mm -hmm. go write something, go dance something, go sing something, go paint something, go stitch something, you know, go break a fucking, you know, that, that, the Japanese art of like, go break a fucking cup mm -hmm. right now and glue mm -hmm. that shit back together with some gorgeous neon color mm -hmm. and then sip some tea out of that a week later after, after it's dry. So you're not drinking mm -hmm. the fucking glue, but you know what I mean? It's like, I think people hold back and that's the main, the, the biggest reason why I wanted to have you on the show was like your ongoing choice to create because that is your life raft you know 
So thank you for that. And thank you for speaking about being perfect and looking back and saying, oh my God, what the fuck was that? It's the same thing with my first book. I'm like, oh my God, I can't even open it. And when people post yeah. about the first book, I'm like, shut up. Don't talk about it. But then I'm like, no girl, that's just fucking fire for people. Yeah. For you, it isn't anymore. But for, for the audience, it's amazing, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm learning to, to, to not um hate myself in that way you know and actually look at that and be like well, you know what those are balls i am so proud of myself um so i mean it's not that old it's a year old but now in today's world i'm like oh my god especially me that i make all the music now now just having songs every time every time new songs new songs and i'm just i feel like my music is evolving and is changing and somehow what's cool about it it still has the the same essence but it's just there's so many portals that I get to play with. And um, also, uh, which this is something I recommend to every artist uh, for real. If you um, are afraid of it, please don't be. Production is just so fun. It's so playful. And if you allow yourself to, to have that approach, because it's just the possibilities are endless into as far as songwriting. And, you know, I, I've always been a guitar girl. Um, in my songwriting growing up, but since I'm producing myself, it's just the world is endless. And for me, you know how everyone has their instrument where they feel safe and they're like, yeah, I'm this, I'm this, I'm this. And I thought, I thought my instrument was my voice all the time, but I realized my instrument, it's my spirit, to be honest, it is my spirit. Um, despite being a loud ass singer and just having big vocals and I like to sing, I love to sing. My, my influences are big singers. Um, but I, I, I think I discovered that within myself and in my music, it's truly a different approach. It's a spiritual approach. And sometimes one of my favorite songs, um, I mean, um, the songs that I like about me the most are when I'm just like whispering and just speaking and telling a story or just saying something really deep about me. Um, so it's just, you can explore so much things about me and I feel it's very important um, in, as far as an artist to find your sound. It, it can be so difficult. I feel like that's the most difficult thing for, for an artist um, to truly find your sound and your voice. Um, so I feel production will give you that door it's just so many doors um so i'm just i'm trying to to talk to a girl who's listening and who's like yeah that's a man's job right because that's what i was feeling i just felt so much fear i thought i wish i could do that because i would have all the freedom in the world i would think that but i would just i was so afraid so i'm just hoping that whoever's listening feels like no you know what i'm gonna just take the lead and and just do it Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thank you for that. You said the word open a portal. Can you tell us if there is there a specific hack? You know, and I know it's an awful thing to say. Can you hack opening a portal? It's like, I'm so not that person about my work. It's like, I, I talk about like a ritual into the portal. But mm. perhaps there is like a specific thing that you do I don't know. Maybe it's like you put too much sugar in your coffee. I don't fucking know. Or it is that you meditate or that you pray or that you visualize this or that you eat a chocolate croissant or that you put on a dress and that you listen to this. Like what, how do you 
like ritualize the opening of the portal. And I also just want to say earlier on, I didn't name this, but I just need to say it now. You are, God is talking to you. Spirit is in contact with you. And it's not that you're, it's not that that's available to some people or not. It's just, it's available to all people. The thing is some people choose to not listen because that mm. contact with the other world, with the unseen forces, it's too inspired that it's like, uh-uh, honey, I can't listen to that because that's way too inspired. I'm so small. I, I, You want me to be a giant? I can't. So is there a way to hack? Excuse me. I keep saying the word hack. Stop it. No hacking. Is there a way to ritualize hmm. the opening of a portal? Hmm. I think this is absolutely different for everyone. But for me... I <laughs> I dream and I think the world the world is very small because my dreams are just not <laughs> my dreams are not regular dreams. Um I don't think I dream, I travel, I travel and I am exhausted when I wake up. I don't know what happens to me when I dream, but and I don't really talk about this because I don't want people to talk about it or I don't want people to judge me or I don't want people to have opinions about it because Honestly, to be, to be honest, I'm not that sensei. Actually, I like I have spirit. Like I'm not really like into it um, literally, but I just my intuition has always. I've always been connected to everything somehow, and um, my dreams. That's where I'm. That's where the portals happen. That's where I travel, and that's where I get most of the feelings um, because. A lot of the answers or a lot of the ideas, they don't have language. They don't have words. They don't have a face. It's just in dreams, I feel like I get most of the directions uh, that I actually take action once I'm awake. Um, it's not like I hallucinate and someone's telling me what to do. It's, I guess, the best way I can explain it is just I... I travel and I get guided in my dreams. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. sometimes I get lucid dreams and, and I know I'm dreaming and um, I feel like I have uh, other lives while dreaming, definitely. Mm -hmm. I could have thought of a million different things that you would have said, <laughs> but I am blown away. And I, you know, I like expecting you this like, wild artist that you are to say, oh, I eat a chocolate croissant and I put two <laughs> drops of stevia in my coffee and I smoke a cigarette and then I create. Or like I meditate to this song or I like it. I love that you're like, it's through my fucking dreams, bitch, that it comes it's through. I truth. love that. You know what? I it love is the that. Truth. And I don't, I don't want to say it like in an Instagram post or so because I just, it is so true that I don't want to be faced with, yeah, shut up. You know, something like that. I'm sorry, but I made a note right now that we, <laughs> this is one of the clips that we need to put because you blew my mind. We don't talk about dreams, Shia. I we know, live I a know. third of our reality is spent sleeping and I we don't know, talk about dreams. Like what is happening? You know, I know we should be talking more about dreams. And I have books about dreams because this is such a big thing about me that I just wanted to to understand that about me or like have more tools or learn get more skills because I have something there and my mom has other stuff, but not, not the same, but I feel we have that sensitivity there. Um, yeah. 
I love this so much. I'm like, as you see me looking down, because I was like, <gasps> whoa, you hit it right there. Because it's, you know, it's interesting you say that because I, I sometimes have like prophetic dreams mm. and they're really scary. Um, and it's not things that are going to happen now. I think that I'm like, oh, okay, I got to keep a tab open for this one because this is going to happen in like maybe a, a, like couple years from now or something, or sometimes it's something that like, I was like there, you know, not to, not to simplify this, but I was having these like, you know, prophetic hits about like my mom and, and her journey into, into the death portal. And, and I, I've had a dream. Um, I mean, anyways, the point what I'm saying is, I love that you talked about dreams and there's so many herbs that we can drink, you know, teas that we can take at night there uh, that will help us to relax, that will help us to enter into lucid dreaming. And also I just read a study that the quality of someone's dream dictates the kinds of um, psychological states that will carry with, the, with them throughout the day. Mm. So if your dreams are very surreal and are very like wild and, and, and mystical, no wonder why you're that creature, you know, no wonder why you're this mm. amazing mystical creature. And they were saying that when there's a lot of violence in dreams, a lot of arguing and fighting and running and, 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 you know, all that, it, it, it tends to be, to lead to like, um, a day, uh, a life filled with anxiety. Oh, um, so yeah. there's a lot 100%. of, there's a, yeah, there's a lot of connection there. The mm -hmm. dreams are not to be neglected. The dreams are not oh, to yeah. be suppressed and rejected. They're meant to be, um, you know, intricately, um, elaborated and, 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 and sort of, um, um, analyzed because it's such a deep part of us. I forget where, but there's a, an indigenous community. I think it might be like indigenous people of, of, um, of um, not New Zealand, um, Australia, where the first practice that the women in the village do as soon as they wake up, mm. they gather, the women gather, and they all share about their dreams. And they're all try to realize like, and when they put together the pieces from every, all of their dreams, then they're able to know like, because they're a nomadic tribe. So they know like where to move to next, where there is oh resources, where there is this. And I'm like, you know, and I, I, okay, here's where I read this. I read this on Marina Abramovich's book, you know, the performance mm -hmm. artist. Okay. Um, she's an amazing Siberian performance artist. Um, like she blows my mind. And she did that performance piece at the MoMA in New York called The Artist is Present, where she just sat in front of people for, I think it was a couple months without peeing, without drinking water. She just sat there for like eight hours a day for like a couple months without moving. Just people would just come and sit in front of her. And that was the whole piece. And it became super huge viral. Mm -hmm. But she spoke about that because she wanted to be getting spot inspiration for her performance art. So she decided to walk and go live in this indigenous uh, village in Australia. And that was part of the practice that these women have. And I was like, mm -hmm. wow, that's amazing. And I haven't actually like explored my dreams as much, but hearing you talk about it, I'm like, shit, I really should be looking into my dreams more because it, it it is something that like, why aren't we exploring it? You know? Yeah, it's, it's so true. And it's so scary that at the same time, it's a whole, 
like how are people gonna be studying dreams i don't know because it, i mean and it's something so um <laughs> such a normal part of life and we still don't study it enough we don't talk mm -hmm. about it enough and and mm -hmm. i find dreams so scary why are we even doing that in the first place <laughs> how are we <laughs> able to do that and where are we going i don't i have no clue um yeah wow thank you for speaking about this and thank you for this amazing time together I've loved getting into your, learn about your world. And there's like so many things that I'm like, oh my God, I want to talk about this and that. And I know. But we'll, we'll have time. We'll have another opportunity. And thank you so much. Thank you for so, this. so and much. Thank you for being you. Oh my goodness. Thank you um, for giving me the time to speak also, because I feel like I'm like this all of the time and I always get cut off and I feel so bad, but you are wonderful. <laughs> thank you. Um, yeah, this is this was so so nice. Uh, I'm so excited to see these um, clips if you're ever gonna post because I really really love this. I feel like every time I'm doing an interview, it's like I talk about this or this or this or this. But I feel like specifically my work is kind of like a whole ball of more than what's out there, uh, more more than what I post. What I, it's what I want to mean. So I feel like you. I feel so seen by you. I feel so understood, which is curing my oh. traumas right now. <laughs> circle. So thank you. Oh my God. Thank you so much. Truly like what a joy. So thank you very much. And next time you're in LA, please hit me up. I will totally on a do bike that. Ride. Yes, 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 yes. This was so lovely. Okay. Big love. Okay. Thank you again, my darling. Bye bye. Thank you. Bye. Oh my goodness. Wasn't this like epic i feel like privileged to be able to actually go into a true full-blown authentic mystical creatures personal world it's so amazing when we get to like sip the tea in a really vulnerable and honest way with someone who really lives this poetic artistic life so thank you shia for being on the show and everyone i hope you enjoyed the podcast as much as i did thank you thank you thank you so much and Please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast and share with your friends and your community if you love it. And also, you can leave me a voicemail at 805-285-2331. Love you so deeply, and I mean it, okay? And new episodes every Tuesday. Love you. Peace. Okay, I'm calling on all the home bar enthusiasts right now. Are you ready to create a new kind of bar experience? One that's sober and filled with magic? Let's create a bar that goes beyond the ordinary, honey. And let's infuse it with the spirit of adventure, wellness, and connection. And listen, with that in mind, I need to share with you Anima Mundi's Apothecary and their wonderful brand new Elixir collection. When I saw that, I was like, honey, we got to share this with the community immediately. Even if you're not interested in becoming fully sober, you're sober curious, you just want to, you know, kind of try something different that's still going to make you feel good and sassy and delicious and be like, ooh, I like this. Then this is for you. 
One of their elixirs that I adore is the Euphoria. It's composed of organic, wild-crafted, and ethically grown botanicals. It's like a, a potion for joy. And trust me when I tell you this, honey, for those of us who are on a sober journey, or if you are on a sober curious journey, you're going to drink this, honey, and you're going to be like, ooh, girl, what's in this shit? But hey, honey, it's just a bunch of amazing, organically grown botanicals mixed together to give you that, ooh, I like this feeling. You know what I mean? And they have this Elixir Kit Barista Series. It is gorgeous, iconic, legendary. Buy it for your house or also buy it for a friend. That got to be a sweet friend, honey, because that that's going to require your, a little bit of more of an investment. You could also just get each of the elixirs by themselves, right? And it's an invitation for you to become a spiritual mocktail barista in the comfort of your own home. You know, trust me, you're going to love it. Your body is definitely going to love it. Your mind will thank you and your soul will be like, okay, honey, okay, lit. Listen, and I guarantee you that people that try these elixirs are going to be like, oh, what's going on, honey, over here? I mean, you got to find a recipe that works, but this is the base of it. It's delicious, amazing, and it's going to get you lit. Are you ready to unlock the magic of this elixir collection, honey? Head over to animamundiherbals.com. I'm going to try to spell that for you. A-N-I-M-A-M-U-N-D-I herbals.com. Herbals is spelled H-E-R-B-A-L-S.com. Or... Instead of you listening to spell this, you know, trying to pass the spelling bee over here, go to the link in the show notes. And listen, don't forget to use code capital S-A-H, number one and number five, SA15, at checkout for an exclusive 15% off your order. Okay, bless, bless all this beautiful, sober, spiritual bar experiences that you're about to create. Love you.